What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. We have a very special guest. This might be a little bit uh, intense of an episode, but I think it's definitely necessary to talk about my next guest story. She's an author, a speaker, an advocate for adult victims of therapist abuse in churches. Please welcome Amy Nordhuis. Did I say that properly? You did. All right. I, I should have checked before we started recording, but that's all right. I got it right. So yeah. Amy, thank, thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited. Well, not excited. I'm moved that you have the courage to talk about your story. So can you please tell the audience a little bit about your background? Yes, I am. Uh, first off, I am a married mother of three and I have four dogs. So I'm kind of a mother of seven, I guess. And um, as you said, or as we were talking earlier, I had childhood sexual abuse. And then um, it just kept repeating throughout my life into adulthood. And I found myself in 2013, um, beginning to work with a therapist, again, for depression, past sexual abuse, you know, wanting to work on my marriage, parenting, things like that. And this therapist came highly recommended. He was an elder at my church. Um, the pastor's wife recommended him. My friends recommended him. And so he was also a psychiatrist. So he was also a medical doctor. And so he could, he did therapy and he could oversee my medications. So I started working with him and, you know, thought everything was great. He was kind of a quirky grandfatherly type figure and a little weird, but um, more in an endearing way, you know, more yeah. in a goofy, playful way. It was at least seven months in before, you know, the first major red flag. Well, and I say major, the first one. Yeah, it was pretty major. He offered to rub my shoulders or my feet for a Christmas present. Yeah. Um, but you have to understand, I'd been seeing him every um, every week for like seven or eight months. I was really attached to him. He was like a father figure and I felt more like a daughter. And so, yes, I panicked. Um, but, you know, sadly, I didn't think no was a choice, you know, and I, I know now that, you know, childhood abuse sets us up to not be able to say no as adults. Yeah. Um, so I think I, I said shoulders and then I quickly said, or feet or feet. And like, literally, I just forced myself to sit through it as he, as he's rubbing my feet. And the whole time I was just trying to understand, like, what is happening? Why is this happening? And I thought, Everything was always something's wrong with me. Well, Amy, you're just too sensitive. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like he's touching yeah. your feet. Like who cares? This is, you know, he's really old, you know? Yeah. And then I thought, oh, maybe I said, I love, love to have my feet rubbed when I was a kid. I made my sisters always rub my feet and maybe he's just trying to make me heard and valued, you know? Sure. So that is kind of how the process went where he would, there'd be time in between and then there'd be something else that would be a little bit shocking, but each time I'd minimize it, rationalize it or blame it on myself, right? Blame the discomfort on myself. So it was about a year in when he started what I felt like trying to lure me into more of an emotional affair where, where it had been father daughter. And I was clearly not okay with that. Um, but I, again, I didn't think that this was coming from a sinister place. I thought that he cared about me and was trying to care about me, but maybe got caught up, you know, he had gotten you manipulated thinking. Oh yeah. He'd been grooming me all along. I didn't realize it. I didn't realize this was just a game he was playing. And so about a year and a month, I finally uh, realized I've got to get out and I'm, and I try to leave on my own and I just can't do it. He would guilt me back in. He would 
you know, play on my empathy and make me feel like it would kill him if I left. And so I finally had to turn to my pastor's wife and, and my pastor and told him everything. And they were able to help me get out. Wow. That that's, first of all, it's creepy that he was very that. I mean, and who knows, did, was he doing this to other women? Oh yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at the time I thought it, I'm just a freak of nature. Like, I don't know why this happened, but it's just something weird about me. And, you know, he probably just leave him be, just help me get out, you know? Yeah. And, um, my pastor was like, no, you know, it's not, it's not just you. And, but I had to be alone for a long time in the process of, I ended up going to the medical board and I ended up filing a civil suit. And I thought, why, where are all the other victims? Like, right. Is it really just me? Cause deep down I thought you're just a freak and it's just you, but no, eventually another victim came forward and we spoke and then I learned of others. Oh, wow. That, well, first of all, I commend you on your strength. That had to be very scary to like go to your pastor and say, you know, cause you almost feel like tainted in a way I would think, you know? Well, yeah, I felt like I didn't know what was my fault and what wasn't, you right. know, because they're so skilled in their manipulation techniques that, you know, they can, they make you wonder if that was your idea or was that their idea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they make you feel like you're going crazy. Like yeah. you can't. The, the gaslighting. You know, Yes. The gaslighting. Yeah. That's well, I, that it's amazing that you got through that. Can I ask how old were you then? I was 41. 41. And he did that to you. Yep. This is just an example for any ladies out there listening that you, at any stage in your life, you could be a victim to manipulation and some kind of mental, emotional abuse and you're not alone. So don't feel, and I think women, we, it it happens to us and we feel so guilty about it, you know, like, oh my God, what what did I do to tell him that, that make him think that this is okay, but it's, it's not, it's not you see for me, I've been through a lot of manipulation too. I can see it coming from a mile away. I'm just like, I got your number. (laughs) You can't play that with me. That's not happening. (laughs) But you know, what's so sad is that I had seen him seven years prior when I first moved here and I went to him and I knew within a few sessions that he was a creep and I left and I never went back. But then fast forward seven years and I find, and I've, I'm this, you know, strong new Christian. And I find out he is an elder at my new church and I'm in love with my new church and my new pastor. And I just threw my own judgment away and thought all these other people that love him can't be wrong. I had to have misjudged him. And so it just infuriates me that, and, and I think a lot of us do this and we're kicking ourselves that we throw our own gut feelings away and we throw our own judgments away because mine were spot on. But I thought you just misjudged and you just were, maybe you were in a bad place and you were too hard on him. So I went back and I thought like my pastor cannot be wrong. Like he's so intelligent and he cannot, you know, but the thing is these, these predators, they groom everybody around them before they, they go after their victims. So everybody thinks they're this amazing, you know, charming, intelligent person. And yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's intense. So, so is he still at your church? Is he still, does he still go there? No, he, my pastor asked him to step down as elder. And then he pretended to retire after the medical board investigation started and they, he knew he was going to lose his license. Um, he pretended to move or retire and move away. Oh, wow. Okay. So that's a good thing. Yeah. But I still am kind of haunted in, the, you know, here by okay. everything, you know, it's, it's just, it's not like a tiny town, but it's small enough that it, you don't know who knows what. 
and you don't know who is on his side and who isn't. And it's hard. Yeah, for sure. So tell us about the book. It's called Preyed Upon, Finding My Freedom from Therapist Abuse. So what made you uh, decide to write a book? You know, I originally wrote it just for myself because I could not forgive myself. I was like, you are too old to be manipulated. You are too intelligent to be manipulated. Like what is wrong with you? Yeah. And so I wrote it all out because I just needed to see what happened. And, and it really helped me to see it kind of unfold on the pages and, and see how sneaky it was and how slow it was and, and see how I, um, you know, let him off the hook each time. And then I thought, man, I, I just know I'm not, I mean, I had learned of other adult victims by then, but I thought there's gotta be so many women out there that are feeling like I am of just wanting to crawl under a rock, you know, with shame and embarrassment. I really wish that I could share my story with them so that they could know that um, it's not just them. Cause I thought it was the only one on the planet that had probably ever been <laughs> abused by a therapist. Like I didn't think therapists were ever bad people like ever. Um, and, you know, I'd never encountered a sociopath except for on TV or in movies and your brain can't really fathom what it's saying. You know, it's like you see it, but you can't grasp that it's real. So I decided I wanted to share my story uh, for other victims. And then, you know, as the story developed and went on, I, um, I also wanted onlookers. I say onlookers, like, you know, when we see this on the news, we read about it and we roll those people that roll their eyes because they don't relate to it. There were adults. So there's no way that we could have done something against our will. Right. We didn't have a gun to our head. And I wanted to write it so that people could read that and be less judgmental and, and understand how it happens. And that has been one of the biggest compliments is when a reader has said, I never could relate to this, but I kind of see it now. Yeah. You know, so, because, you know, it's hard enough for a victim to come forward at any age, but especially as an adult, and then to be not believed or even worse judged or have it be labeled a consensual affair is almost as devastating or more devastating than the trauma itself. Yeah. So people need to be educated that this is going on. It's going on all the time. It's just as frequent, I would say, as child abuse. It's, it's going on in churches and in, in jobs and, you know, in therapy office, I've, I've been taken advantage of by a doctor when I was in my early twenties. I mean, it was a one-time thing, but it's happening all the time. Support for Label Free Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Now, ladies, you can use this too. We're all-inclusive here. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And now we're going to have the ladies too, because come on, ladies, let's be real. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code LABELFREE20 at manscaped.com. So thank you, Manscaped, for your support. And everybody is welcome to purchase with my code. And so I actually had a guest on the show. I haven't released her episode yet, but she was um, sexually abused mentally and, you know, all that stuff by her, by her pastor. And so her story was really intense too. And just um, manipulation is a very powerful tool. And, and, and it's like the people that use manipulation to get what they want are, like you said, sociopaths and just, um, I, being manipulated before in the past, it's, it, you know, you don't, you feel like you have an out of body experience, like, wait, I, this feels wrong, but they're making me think that this is right. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yeah, you know, and you, and you kind of like lose trust in yourself 
like, oh my gosh, you know, I, I should have trusted my gut. I should, I knew better, but then I, I kind of went along with it anyways. I, I, what did your husband think of this? Well, we were very disconnected during this time, which was another reason that I was kind of vulnerable. Um, you know, I'm sure he spotted right away. Oh, I've got somebody here that's fairly isolated, you know? Um, and so I wanted to tell him so bad towards the end when like a major assault happened, but I thought if I told him he would have questions like, well, so why was he sitting next to you? And everything felt like it led back to me. Like, yeah. well, because I'm a big fat loser and I, I, and I thought he was like a dad and I liked him sitting next to me because it was comforting. Now, did I ask him to sit next to me to begin with? No, yeah. he wheeled his way over there, but then it, but then I wanted him to stay there. So then it felt like my fault. Right. 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 And so every, so I thought, well, I, I can't tell him cause it's just going to look, it felt like I'm going to be telling on myself and it felt like, well, this is, and you know, that that's, what's so sad with sexual abuse. And even at any age, you cannot decide if it was your fault or not. Even if, you know, for 100%, you didn't what, what didn't want what happened. You feel like it's something bad in you that caused it to happen. Right. Or yeah. something faulty in you. And I, so for me, the fault was, well, you're just, you're needy and you shouldn't want a parent figure. Like you're too old. And like, why did you even, that's dumb. And you're not you too know, old. I mean, I still, I, I still want to go to my mommy, you know, like, oh, mom, you know, like. I know we never outgrow that. And yeah, I know no. now that's just called being human. Yeah. But I was so hard on myself that I was like, you know, you're so weird and nobody else, you know, relates to you. And um, now I know otherwise. But so when I finally did get out, I didn't want to tell my husband because I thought, well, I hardly understand. How's he going to understand? Like, I cannot tell you why I kept going back. I, I do not. I don't know if I can put into words why I felt trapped. Um do you think and, it was kind of like what you were accustomed to because you experienced abuse in your childhood? So that was maybe um, uh, familiar to you to ex go through that again? I do. When you say that, I do think that when abuse and love come from the same person, it does become a familiar pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've never really thought of it that way, but there's a lot of truth to that. And you know, it's kind of like what you're used to, you yeah. know? Um, but I, you know, I finally did tell my husband because that's just the type of person I am. And I told him everything, every detail, everything that I even thought was my fault. And it was brutal. And he reacted like I thought he would. And he treated it like an affair at first, which was just creepy because this man was like a grandfather basically. Yeah. Um, and eventually he, I mean, he knew it wasn't my character and he knew that I would be manipulated easily in that way, wanting a father figure. And, and he, and he, you know, came on board and we got on the same page and, and we're much closer now. And, you know, he, he realized that we'd been disconnected and apologized. And um, so that, that's one of the blessings that has come out of it. Yeah. But sadly, I didn't feel I could go to him mainly Partly because I felt like, well, what part of this is my fault? Yeah. And partly because we weren't close at the time. And so he wasn't someone that I would go to with something like this. Yeah. Now I would go to him first. Yeah. But sadly, it wasn't that way then. Well, I mean, it sounds like some good came out of it for your relationship as well. Um, how long, what do you think about you writing the book and releasing it? He was very supportive. That's great. Yeah. He, and he's so supportive. I mean, he's amazing. Like, cause writing a book and publishing a book, 
is, how do I word it? Uh, well, it's expensive yeah. and it's not, um, you know, exactly a money maker. So he, but he's very supportive. He knows it's a ministry. He knows it's something that's good for me to do. And just, just to help others. It's, you know, do you have a copy of the book. Can you show us? Do you have a yes. Copy? Yeah. Yes. One second. I, I, sorry about that. I am in love with this cover that they designed. Oh, yes. Um, Why'd you pick, did you give him the idea for that? Yeah. Towards the end of the book, I, I mentioned, I, I'm saying to myself, you know, why couldn't I leave? Or at least why couldn't I leave sooner? And I say, I was like a bird in a cage. Sure. But the cage door had always been open. So yeah. why couldn't I fly away? And that's kind of the, <clears throat> the met, when I talk about like, there wasn't a gun to my head, but there was manipulation that was even stronger than threat of violence to me. Um, and on the cover too, you'll see there's um, a girl's kind of a female hand holding the cage. And it's kind of symbolizes that, you know, I was partly responsible for keeping myself in that cage, yeah. partly responsible for getting myself out of it. Meaning <clears throat> I'm so sorry. That's okay. No worries. Hopefully you can edit that out. <laughs> um, I meaning he ensnared me in that situation, but then the beliefs that I had about myself, you know, the, the labels that I was carrying around that were negative kind of allowed me to be trapped. And if I didn't deal with them would have kept me trapped. So one of the things I do in the book is I talk about rules that I had developed over my childhood and growing up that were essentially like negative labels or negative tapes. And I realized that I have these as I'm watching myself be taken advantage of. And I'm wondering why, why am I okay with this? Like, why am I allowing this? And, and then at, at, in the end of the book, I, as I heal, I develop a new set of rules um, based on who God says I am. And I kind of, um, you know, come against all of the old ones and kind of tear them away and, and throw them away. And anyway. I love that. Yeah. Um, we're getting close here on time. Well, how can people reach out to you, support you? If they want to buy the book, you know, connect with you, where, where, where can they find you? Yeah. My website, um, which is www.amynordhughes.com. Will you have that in the show notes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then on there, you can email me, you can buy a paperback, you can find my social media links there. Okay. Um, and then I'm, my book is also on Amazon in paperback and ebook. Awesome. I'll make sure I put all those links in the show notes, you guys. So if you know someone that would would be touched and empowered by Amy's story, don't hesitate to reach out, go purchase her book because uh, it does happening. What happened to her does happen more often than people would like to admit that is a form of human trafficking that they consider that, that what what happened to you under that, that label. Um, I did have one question for you before I let you go. What, would you like to share with women that may be in that situation right now and are kind of scared and that don't know how to get out? What would, what would, what would be your advice to them? My advice to them would be that they need to tell and keep telling until they're heard because the first person I went to blew me off. And, and then I went back to the abuser. Um, you need to keep telling because somebody will hear you and you have to have that support. I couldn't get out on my own. Don't try to, do it on your own to sit, you know, so that you don't have to face the shame and embarrassment. Yeah. Um, because, there, because the shame isn't yours to begin with. And um, so reach out for help. And then in those early days, support is vital. You've got to find someone who can understand and relate just to help you keep your head above water in those early days. 
Yeah. I, and I'm sure if anybody reached out to you, you'd be a, a support for them as well. So. Oh, I would email anyone who reaches out to me. I will respond. Awesome. And I have as many resources on my site as I've been able to uh, find. That's amazing. I, I love it. Um, you kind of gave some wisdom and advice, but is there anything else you'd like to leave with uh, the audience before we say goodbye? I just always say victims, you're not alone. It's not your fault and you are deeply loved. Mm, very true. I love that. Thank you for, for sharing that. Um, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for your courage and your determination to share your story. Um, there are so many stories out there that are continuing right now that need to come out and people need to get, you know, victims need to be saved from. So thank you for, for what you do. I think it's incredible. Uh, and also keep us updated on any new projects or if you have another book or anything like that, we'd love to have you back to share, share more of what you have going on and give the audience an update. Uh, you guys, this is your host, Deanna Radalescu with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share, comment, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.